0: So, and this recording of Drive Time, uh, maybe we're going to call it Drive Time or TSC Drive Time. We don't know yet because we're, this is, you know, these are our first recordings, but uh, we're joined here with uh, Bryce Salter, Business Development Manager, and Jose Valencia, Eastern Washington. Jose, exactly what area of Eastern Washington are you covering?
1: I'm covering the whole Yakima River Valley, I guess you could call it, uh, with with other sales consultants, but... From the top of the past to uh, tray cities, we're we're just trying to grow our area over here. So
0: in a conversation that we were all sharing recently, Bryce and I kind of touched on the concept of the infinite game. And it was it was a new piece of information for you, Jose. And so as we were kind of sharing each of our viewpoints on it, it became a really cool conversation that you know kind of it changed the way that you look at things. It certainly changed the way that I looked at things. Um, and Bryce said the same. And so, to get this conversation started, I'm just going to kind of build a you know a foundation of of this. So, real briefly, uh, infinite game theory was developed in the mid '80s. The premise is that there are two kinds of games. There's a finite game and an infinite game. And a finite game is something like you would find in say baseball or chess or sports, where there are there are rules and goals and that define the winner more often than not we are sort of programmed around by the society around us that almost everything is a finite game. Like, okay, we need to win business or whatever. Well, an infinite game is, is another category where, you know, there are some things where there is no winner and there is no set rules. And so it's pointless to put your energy into a finite game mindset. So an infinite game is say marriage. How do you win marriage? You know, how do you win education? Uh, Specifically to us, How do you win business? And the thing that, one thing that came out of it was, and I'm kind of getting ahead of myself, and I said I was gonna be concise, but I'm not, uh, so I'll try to get to the point. You know, in modern times, uh, Simon Sinek, uh, he picked up The Infinite Game and made it more modern. And uh, I saw a TED Talk that he did. It was enlightening for me, and it changed the way I thought about a few things to the point where I wanted to, you know, I wanted to read his book, and I did. Well, I listened to it because I spent, I used to spend as much time driving as you guys did. Bryce? You're somebody else who's got a little more time with us, so uh, I'm going to stop talking and get your perspective.
2: Well, I'll look at it from a perspective just, you know, from my own perspective, you know, as a salesperson, as a, you know, business development manager, it's really hard, you know, even if you take that TED Talk and you go through the meet, you know, that 30-minute clip that he's done, it's really hard not to watch something like that. It just makes you think. It makes you think of, you know, what you do and how you do it. Mm -hmm. Uh, And in regards to sales, you know, you can take a million different things and a million different approaches to it because we are Mm -hmm. in the sales world. There's no end. You know, it's constant. I look at our competition all the time. You know, I've got to beat Cisco. Uh What does that mean? I got to beat U.S. Foods. Well, does Uh that mean I beat them on one item? You know, what does that really mean? So when you look at things and your competition, it's it's more of a goal to outlast them as I think was what they said. It's not like instead of trying to win that one game, you know, or beat my competition, beat Cisco, beat us foods, it's to outlast them because just continually going through this stuff. So how you, it makes you look at different things in different ways and it, and it it makes you look at bigger picture stuff.
0: Yeah. Like what am I doing to perpetuate the game? Not what am I doing to win the game? Right.
2: Exactly. Because Uh, there's no way to win it. What am I doing to, (laughs) this thing going as long as I physically possibly can keep it going what am I doing to keep that going whether that's keep the customer for my entire career or or, or whatnot right you can look at it in so many different ways so that one always jumps on me because we're always in competition we're always in sales competitions we're always mm-hmm. in these different things that technically competition's how we all look at it I want to look for a winner I want the football game I want the score at the end I want my trophy and on to the next yeah and I Unfortunately, we're just not in a world like that. We're just in a world that is constantly changing, constantly going. So if we don't look at it like that, that we're not here to win the moment, we're here to win forever. It's mm-hmm. it's it's a it, it's just a different perspective and, and makes you, like I said, kind of, I think, look at that bigger picture.
0: Yeah, what I'd like to do, and then I want to hear uh, Jose's feedback is, you know, there was one part that I, I think resonated with me more than almost probably any other. And it, it's a small thing, but it just it stuck with me and so i'm going to tell you what it is and i'm going to tell you how what the effect that's had on the relationships that i have customers that i'm engaging with and that is the difference between thinking of someone as a competitor and thinking of someone as a rival and here's why it really stuck when when you think about someone as a rival or a worthy rival that makes you better right? I've really worked hard to kind of change my vocabulary about, you know, we talk about competition, but, uh, you know, talk about rival. And so how this connects to the way that I interact with, with customers is a lot of times, a lot of what I'm doing as the, as the consultant is, is trying to learn contextual cues. When I start talking, it's like, and people say, it's like, well, I know your competition does that. And if I have an opening, I say, well, I'm just going to be honest with you. We don't look at, uh, say Cisco as our competition, you know, to us, there are rivals because rivals make us better. And they light up on that. you know when I'm talking about that, I think that it's like a contrast paradigm where they like, oh, I can see a sense of relaxation come over their mind that it's not a challenging conversation that there's and I'm talking to an open mind and and then I can see them start thinking, okay, I'm not competing with the restaurant down the street. They're my rival because rivals make me better. And for me personally, and then I'm gonna turn it over to you, Jose, it got me to start thinking about people that I've worked with, you know, my peers in the workplace, I could put myself in a competitive mindset and try to get ahead of them, or I can look at them as a rival and try it. And that gives me op- it gives me permission to learn about what they're doing. And it makes me better, right? Jose, I know that you love this idea, because when we brought it up to you, you're like, yeah, I want to know more. And then you kind of <laughs> did a deep dive. So tell us about, you know, tell us about your, I... your freshman week with this concept.
1: I, I did andy uh you know it's awesome that you brought brought up the whole competition rival thing because i was gonna ask you to, to explain that um i've been trying to change my vocabulary this week to to kind of match that but you know the more i the more i dive into uh infinite game theory the more i realize like i've been doing some of this without even knowing the the whole theory uh for example the whole competition thing besides the word i've always felt this way about not having to knock the knock our rivals down, uh,
0: yeah,
1: going in there and kind of just being better. You know what I mean? Like, like trying, trying to one, see what the customer likes about the, the, uh, the rival and two, seeing how we can, we can be better and not trying to also not trying to pay too much attention to the rival. This theory is really awesome because it brings you into a different mindset. We see it every day. We use it every day and we just don't realize it. And then, when you do realize it, then you start applying it a little bit more. You know, I really recommend for anyone that doesn't know about this to go out there and, and uh, start off with that with that TED talk, and that'll really get you going to dive into the book, which I'm about to start uh, this weekend. Infinite game theory to me is 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 huge. We we're talking before the podcast, you know, uh, success. You know, su- success it, it can be measured, but. At some point somewhere, someone's gonna be more successful because it's an infinite game. It, yeah. it just there is no end to it. You know, we we were talking about Michael Jordan, you know, at some point, it's hard to believe, but I, I believe someone is gonna be ahead of him, the, the face of, of the NBA or the face of basketball. Uh and the same with us, you know, every every year we have our sales goals and and we try and hit them or we hit them, and then the next year we want more and more and more. And it's like, when, when does it stop? You know, it's it just, it's infinite. Like if yeah. you don't, if you don't, uh, again, goes, goes back to Bryce. Sometimes our goals are to keep that customer for our whole career. Right. And, and that's, there, there is no, uh, to me, there is no like, Oh, that's enough. Like I'm going to drop that customer. Cause I've, I've already had them for 10 years and mm-hmm. we're going to move on, you know? So,
0: it's kind of like the distinction between uh you know having an achievement and having a win Uh, yes correct it's a it's a a subtle shift but it can be relevant two things come to my mind first thing is you know we keep talking about this ted talk of simon Sinek. i'll drop a link into wherever you find this recording and the second thing is i just wanted to say one more thing about rivalry and it's one thing to start think contrasting rivalry. I want to put a little extra mustard on this. Uh, contrasting rivalry between you know Cisco, U.S. Foods, and their competition rival, and bring it to the in to the internal space. When I was a server, once I got past that young hotshot head up my ass phase of being of being a, a server that thought he knew everything, I started paying attention to the other servers. There were some people that were just so legitimately bad at their job that they couldn't, you know, their apron was covering their ass and not their front. But I was still listening to them. And the, sometimes the ways that they would like present specials or, you know, interact with people or see how they would kind of set themselves up for a for a turn, I was able to get some key insights into ways that I could take some of their habits and make them mine. That, you know, that some of those things made me better. So sometimes those rivals Aren't even people that of our caliber, but everybody's got something to offer, right? Yeah. Any other key takeaways on this on this concept, or you, it sounds to me like this is just, hey, guys, this has been a philosophy that has really helped me and has resonated <laughs> through a lot of what I do. Is there any other things that stand out for you guys?
2: I think, I mean, there's a couple quotes that always. I mean, there's like you, you write a million notes even when you're in that little thirty minute TED talk yeah. because it just, it just, like I said, it makes you just open your eyes and just think in a different way. But a couple of them that, I, that stood out to me is no such thing as being the best, only being ahead or behind. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, that's that. That's right. I mean, I'm going to be the best salesperson, you know, on the planet. What does that mean? And
0: it's quality of life, too. When you start thinking yeah. of, OK, I had an ahead day, I had a behind day is so yep. much more kinder on yourself, you know, on your self-awareness and anxiety and everything else than it is like um, I failed or I won. Right,
2: and when that that ultimate goal is to become a better version of yourself, that's the ultimate (laughs) infinite game. So, like like you said before, you're 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 taking your surroundings, you're looking at other people, you're picking up best practices, you're you're kind of making a plan and doing everything you can to kind of be the best version of yourself. And if you're in that mindset, in that type of game, I I believe personally, success will follow.
0: Let's take just a couple minutes here at 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 the end to you know move this move this thought concept from our own personal development as territory sales consultants or you know individual entities within Harbor and talk about how this applies to Harbor. I mean, I like saying this because it's a fun sentence, but we're a 100-year-old startup, right? But something else a conversation I have with people is like I believe that our rivals are still committed to a finite game, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that they're stuck in that because these are publicly traded corporations that have to report to shareholders every three months, right? Price and numbers are given outweight importance. We're a fourth generation company that, you know, they're that are striving towards having another generation of Harbor after that. It's, so it's not necessarily about every quarter. It's a, it's generational and that's significant. I mean, how do you feel like this applies to us as a, as a company because a lot of what we do is sell value and not price and that comes from telling the harbor story and we keep talking about that. So how does this connect, guys?
2: I think uh real quick I'll jump in, Jose. I'll I'll be quick though. I mean, you know, like again, I keep referring back to that TED talk just because that's fresh in my mind. But mm-hmm. you know, he listed, you know, five things, you know, and the one that sticks out to me as a company and what we're trying to do and what we're in the middle of doing it, and what I actually think we're doing a really good job is, is, you know, building that trusting team. You know, it's so important from a culture standpoint for everything, but for your employees to feel empowered and trusted to do their job, because when they're trusted to do their job, they're going to go above and beyond. They're going yeah. to do the extra. It's not going to it's not waiting for somebody to find out what I did wrong that day. It is. It's not that it's easy to say but not easy to do to build that trusting team. And then, you know, once you find that one person and you put him in that position, trust that you put the right person in the right position to succeed and let him give him the freedom to succeed. I think that is something that our competitors are not doing whatsoever. Mm-hmm. It's very regimented, it's very you do this, you do that. And if we go along the lines of trusting our teammates, trusting the people we work with to do the correct job day in and day out that's where we're going to see those big leaps and gains against our rivals. In my
0: Yeah. What's going to be better. in, you know, in a very holistic way <laughs> is holding someone to task or unleashing their potential. Wh- you know, what's going to be the most beneficial for in a holistic way for everyone. And I absolutely believe that having a mindset and a commitment culture and freedom unleashes potential. Jose, what do you guys I, think? I, you
1: know, I agree with everything Bryce just said, uh, the culture at harbor is just so much greater than than you know at the the competitor and i know this cuz i've been there at one of them rival uh, rival. Uh, ri- rival rival rival, <laughs> rival. <laughs> just having the freedom and the ability to um, like like Rice said unleash myself and it just i get so pumped when i walk into a a customer and the prospect and and i'm able to tell the story and being on both sides of of the uh, of the business here with with a family owned company and the corporation, I'm truly able to speak on on Harbor's behalf on why I'm happy to be here and why Harbor is the right choice to uh, to partner up with with the person. And and this this is infinite because it, if we keep going this way, it's what it's what these operators need, they need someone that has their best interests in mind and not, not uh, force them to buy things that um, they don't, they don't need or, you know, just building that trust of, of that Harbor is going to take care of them and be here for them. I'm, I'm excited about everything that, that Harbor has to offer at this point. And it just makes going in and talking to people just so much easier and so much better. And, and I think if we keep this up, it's just we're, we're slowly going to snowball effect that into just keep on going and not not worrying about rivalry and, and all that other stuff. So,
0: yeah. So, Jose, I'm going to put you in an uncomfortable situation in the context of the infinite game that we're talking about. We also talk a lot about you know, how enthusiastic we all are about culture and then telling our and then telling our, our, our story. Can you make those connect? How does this new information that has captured your imagination of finite versus infinite game, the way that it did for Bryce and I in our own unique ways, uh, how is that connecting for you? And if it's not quite connecting, what's the potential that you see for it connecting and influencing you and the way you do things in a positive way?
1: I, I think you guys earlier spoke something about being able to, at the end of the day, you said it earlier about, about a good day and the bad day you know, oh, I had days and, and
0: behind and,
1: days. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. I had days and behind days. Uh, you know, I, I think for me before this whole concept, it was all just measuring of like, I was paying attention to like these, these goals that I had that were like, okay, I'm gonna get here and then here and then here. And now it's like being able to, you know, I want to be successful realizing that I'm not going to, I'm not going to be like, like Bryce said, how do you become the best salesperson? You know, it, it, it's, it's just a crazy, it's a crazy theory and mindset, and I think that in the future it's just going to propel me to uh, to be a better version of me, of myself, and and
0: okay. So it's taking it, it's yeah. taking it away from the tedium of task accomplishment, and it's it's moving it into motivation. Is that is that what yes, I'm hearing? Yes, correct. Okay, correct. Cool. Yeah. What do you think about that, Bryce?
2: I, I mean, I absolutely think it's different for everybody. Yeah, and. I won't say the same for everybody, but eye-opening for everybody. Everyone takes these and kind of applies them internally. Mm -hmm. So they might come out just a little bit different, but the concept, I believe, is is really the same. And looking at all these different things, and like I said, you could take so many different things from them. But when you are applying them and you are in this, you know, sort of infinite game and you're always trying to get a little bit better... One of the nice parts about that, when you're out in front of customers, and that's what Jose and I do, you know, we're out in front of customers. It's not something that you know we say or read or talk about that tells that customer that's what kind of company you are. It comes through mm. how you say it, you know, your mannerisms. It, it's just something you can tell. It's like being genuine. Yeah. You can maybe fake genuine for a couple of weeks, but that's not something you can fake long term. You know, it, yeah. it, it comes through. And so it's one of those things when you're when you're playing this game and you're, and you're really committing yourself to that way of thinking, it comes through naturally. It's not something I'm reading off a page. It's not something I'm, you know, trying to plagiarize or anything like that. It just shows. And that's where I think a lot of that difference is, or at least a lot of difference in what we do.
0: Uh, Bryce, you stated that like perfectly. I think really, to me, the impact, the impact was contextual. I, I'm, I'm glad that you brought up genuine. Because especially on especially on the sales side of, of our business, I think being genuine and authentic is such a positive contrast that I don't even think a lot of people will even recognize that it's there. It's just something that they feel. And so we're going to close this out with, with a summary that I absolutely believe in is... People are always going to forget about what you do, uh, but they're never going to forget how you make them feel. And I think that having this having this shift in perspective and how letting it influence the way you interact with people by being more genuine, they're going to feel that. And that's going to that's going to matter. And that's going to last. I agree.
1: I agree. I agree 100 cool. percent. I'm glad you guys picked that up because, like I said, I'm new to it. And uh, and you guys just hit it dead on. You know, I, I feel all that 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 ending that you guys gave right there.
0: Cool. All right. Uh, Jose, Bryce. This has been a great conversation about Infinite Game. We're going to wrap up this conversation and we're going to bring you more. So thanks for listening, everybody, and drive safe. Thank you. Thank you.